0: Thank you for tuning in to Tripod Talk Radio, where we're spreading the word that it's better to hop on three legs than limp on four. Hosted by Jim and Renee and Wyatt Ray of the Tripods Blogs community at Tripods.com. Jerry's Place for Canine Amputees and their people. Hello, and thank you for listening. This is Tripod Talk Radio, and today is April 11th, 2018. At Tripods, we always stress the importance of proper rehab conditioning and frequent exercise for your three-legged dogs and cats. And I'm not just talking about taking your dog for a walk. We encourage all people with new Tripods to consult with a certified rehab therapist for evaluation, therapy recommendations, and exercises you can do at home to keep amputee pets fit and strong. That's why the Tripods Foundation can even pay for your first visit with a CCRT or CCRP. Learn more about that at Tripods.org. If you're wondering what those initials mean, a certified canine rehab therapist or practitioner has specialized training in veterinary rehabilitation. And today, we are pleased to be speaking again with Dr. Amy Kramer, who can tell us all about the benefits of rehab for three-legged ducks. And cats. Dr. Kramer is a physical therapist and CCRT who we first interviewed in 2010 at the first veterinarian and physical therapist-owned rehabilitation clinic, which she helped establish in Southern California. Now, Dr. Kramer has founded BARC, the Beach Animal Rehabilitation Center, a full-service vet rehab clinic in Torrance. Learn more about all their services at beachanimalrehab.com. This topic is very important to us and for tripods everywhere, so please stay tuned. Welcome to the show, Dr. Kramer.
1: Thank you very much. I'm glad to be here again. Hi, Dr. Kramer. I'm so excited to have you here. This is Renee.
2: Welcome. Thank you. Yeah, so I could talk all day to you about the importance of rehab therapy for tripods. Um, but unfortunately we only have 30 minutes today, so we're going to just jump right in and, and get right to all of the big questions that we have. So, um, if it's okay with you, um, I want to, to ask you, um, you know, everybody, everybody in the community, one of the first questions they ask us is what is the best exercise for my tripod cat or dog? And, and we're so glad that people are asking that now. It's, it's, things have come a long way in the last 10 years or so, and, um, we we need to discuss, I'd love to get started with, um, when a, a tripod gets their stitches out, usually 10 to 14 days after surgery, um, many vets who probably aren't as aware of the benefits of rehab therapy um, will tell the client, um, it's okay, let your dog or cat get back to being themselves. They can go do what they used to do. And that worries me because generally what happens is um, in about three months, the tripod member comes back and reports that their animal had some kind of injury. So now that we have you here today, um, I want to ask you if you had a chance to intervene in that conversation with a a client and their vet on the day that their animal stitches come out, what would you say?
1: Yeah, I think that it's funny because I think that they think, well, we got rid of the problems, you know, by taking away the leg. So they're fine now. And, Yes, whatever they were trying to resolve is gone, I agree. But unfortunately, usual activities for any tripod, cat or dog, front or rear limb, um, those usual activities are going to change. For example, their tolerance to activity is going to change first and foremost. They're expending a tremendous amount more energy as a tripod than they were with four legs. So, things like their walk tolerance is going to be decreased. Um, you know, their ability to get on and off the bed or the sofa if they did that before. I mean, and, and they, they may still try because their brain doesn't tell them any differently. So, they may still try and that puts them at risk for injury. Um, you know, whether or not they can get in and out of the dog door, you know, or the cat door. Those things, because the, the mechanics of how they do those things are certainly going to change. So, you know get back to their usual activities now there needs to be some more guidance as to you know what that really looks like what their usual activities are so certainly that's something where rehab comes in is that we can really help them manage those things you know how is my dog going to get back up on the sofa how is my dog or cat going to get through the door to get outside to use the bathroom um you know what what is a far enough walk i mean if you've got a an 80-pound tripod now, and you're trying to take them for the same walk that they used to do, and now you get two miles from home, and the dog's like, I can't walk anymore because I'm exhausted. How are you going to get them home? So I think there really needs to be a little more guidance in that area.
2: Thank you for, for clarifying that. You know, when we first interviewed you so many years ago, um, your, your comment about walks and and knowing when a, a dog has walked too far that was really valuable to us, and one of the things that we learned from you was if a dog sits down on a the walk, they've overdone it. I mean, if they can't get up, you have gone way too far, <laughs> and and we see this a lot. So all those little things that we used to take for granted, you know, just a, a normal stroll around the block, um, it all changes when, when the animal loses a leg. So we're, we're so thankful that there are people out, like you out there that are – are here to show us um, how we can create a new normal for ourselves. Um, Absolutely. You, you've had
1: a tripod in the past. Can you tell us a little bit about her? I did. My um, I had a Rottweiler named Lucy, and she um, – was an amazing dog and had um, cruciate tears in both of her knees. And ultimately, over time, I had done the t surgery for both of those knees. And one of the legs later on, she became slightly lame. And when we did a little more research, found that she had an an osteosarcoma, which is bone cancer and unfortunately fairly common in in Rottweilers. Um, So we had to remove her leg. When we did the x-rays of her lungs, it hadn't spread, so we thought, okay, well, let's amputate her leg, which was the standard of care, um, and I had asked the surgeon, actually, just being that my mind was thinking, and I had been doing rehab now for a couple years, I thought, well, let's leave her as much of her um, femur as possible, and maybe I can make her a prosthetic leg. So, you know, it was kind of on the forefront of prosthetics. It wasn't really a thing. that The surgeon kind of thought I was a little nuts, but, um, I, you know, I, it's what I wanted to do because I thought if we can make her some kind of prosthesis, then she can, you know, have four legs again and walk. And we did. And, and actually she did take a few steps on this really um, <laughs> um, kind of man-made sort of mess of a prosthetic, but it worked. Um but, you know, she still for the most part was still a, a tripod. You know, she still did most of her activities with only three legs, so mm-hmm. um but she really helped me, you know, kind of move forward into looking at how do we help these dogs when they're tripod and, and she was my she was my guinea pig per se. And we I we learned a lot. I learned a lot about how to help the tripods just from that experience with her.
2: Yeah, that's, that's pretty awesome, and, and we have some video of, of her that we'll share in, in the blog. Um, but So, yeah, you, there's no better person than, than you to um, help a, a tripod parent um, figure all this stuff out. Um, can you tell me what are the differences between tripod dogs and cats who go to rehab therapy right after they get us out of surgery and they're all healed up um, versus those who don't go at all? What, what kinds of things do you see?
1: Well, I think the ones that don't go to rehab therapy after surgery, um, they're they're more at risk for injury to their remaining limbs Um, because of some of the things we talked about before with their usual activities. Um, You know, those things are they're going to change. So, you know, if like I said, if the dog or cat thinks they can jump up on something that they always jumped up on and they miss, they're you know they're they're putting themselves at risk for injury. So. The other thing that um, that the ones that go to rehab get is they get a better understanding of, you know, strengthening core muscles that can kind of help to help them stabilize, uh, you know, where they are missing a limb or, you know, making sure that the owners know how to – Stretch the dog so that they can maintain all their flexibility in their remaining limbs, as well as the core strengthening. That's really important to help them function with only three legs. So I think that the ones that don't get that um, are more at risk for you know muscle strains and and sprains and um, and injury. And, and I have a, a perfect example of a dog right now that um, had an amputation and didn't do any rehab and went back to usual activity, which was running around, you know, without any harness, without any assistance and on her own, and she tore her cruciate ligament in her remaining hind limb. So wow. then she ended up coming to rehab because of that. But while we were doing rehab on that leg, um, we ended up working on all the other things and core strength and all that, and now she's, she's doing fine again. But, but that was a perfect example of, of, you know, that exact thing of going back to usual activity and her not being able to tolerate that and putting her at risk. Yeah, that is just a,
2: a horrible recovery for for a tripod. It's it's doable, but and we've had members go through it. But if we can avoid that from the get go, um, that's that's the ideal situation. So that's the way we encourage people to go. Let let's get you get you to a rehab therapist as soon as possible. Um, now, I, I love that your your center's logo has a cat on it, and. Um, Rehab therapy for cats is just not something that we have seen a lot of out there. And when I saw your, your, your new logo, I went, oh, my gosh, I love this. And, and tell, me, tell me more about, about the, the rehab therapy journey for, for tripod dogs versus cats. Um, what, do, what are they like? Does one species need more therapy than the other? Does one do better than the other? What, what is that whole whole thing like?
1: You know I think it's definitely different. I think for dogs it's um, they they probably need it more than cats mainly because we have more expectations of our dogs than we have of our cats right I mean we expect our dogs to be able to go on a walk with us and I don't know too many people that are walking their cat um, you know we we just you know cat we dogs have more exposure to the outside world you know that we kind of just take for granted that our cat can jump up on the bed and things like that so um, I did put a cat in our logo because we do see cats, um, but I don't see a whole lot of tripod cats, and I don't see a whole lot of cats in general. But they're going to have the same issues. You know, they're, um, cats are definitely more flexible and more agile in general than dogs, so they usually recover from almost anything much more uh, easily than a dog does. I mean, you think about how many times a, a cat has gotten hit by a car, and they kind of just bounce off and run off, and they a lot of times they're fine. Not so much the case for dogs. So, I think that you know there is, um, you know, their rehab would be beneficial for a tripod cat just for the same reasons in terms of maintaining the flexibility and and really teaching the cat kind of core strengthening and all that but they aren't always the best patients you know cats may not do an exercise for a treat cats may not be so um willing to let you do any kind of manual work on them and things like that so you know we do the best we can with the cats and with the tripod cat same thing i think it's something that you know is is important but i think they don't usually need as much rehab as a dog would
2: Good good to hear, and and I'm sure you have all the tips and tricks for teaching tripod cat parents how to do things like massage therapy and and stretches and stuff. So um, I I could definitely see that being helpful. Now, your clinic has a ton of different modalities to help animals heal. I was so impressed when I went down the list of services. There's all these new things that you're doing that I hadn't even heard of. So can you go over a few of them and, and tell us which ones tend to be most helpful for tripods, and um, does it depend on the species or the age of the animal? Which which ones do you like to use for our three-legged friends?
1: Yeah, so usually immediately post-op, if we get to see them that soon, we can use um, a laser therapy to kind of help with the incision healing. So that um, is always part of the, the wound healing and the incision healing. Uh, we don't always, it depends on what the diagnosis is, if the diagnosis was some form of cancer, we don't always use laser just for the fear of that may be causing, um, you know, increased blood flow to the area. And if there is still some cancer, we don't want to help that spread. We do uh, acupuncture on a lot of these dogs just to kind of help with pain that, you know, no one, we don't really know, but in humans with um, amputation, they have things called phantom limb pain. We don't really know if dogs have that because they can't tell us, or cats, um, because they can't tell us, but phantom limb pain in a human is where they don't have that limb anymore, but yet they still feel like they do, meaning, you know, I've lost my arm below the elbow, but I still feel like my hand itches. And so it's a very strange phenomenon, but we don't really know. I can only imagine that they must have it because humans do, and so many of these things from dogs and humans go back and forth between. We all kind of experience some of the same things as the animals do. So we do um, acupuncture for just kind of the, nerve, the nervous system and to help, you know, um, help that whole nervous system heal, and I don't, I want to say that I would hope that would help maybe with phantom limb pain if they do have it. Um, I don't even know how to even do a study on that. You could do, it would be interesting. Um, You know, we do have, um, um, you know, an underwater treadmill that we use, which I know we're going to talk about, but... Um, for the most part, it's the manual work that we do and the exercises and the owner education that is the most important thing that we can do and and help the pet with. So the modalities per se, I mean, if a dog has a swollen limb or, you know, knee or something on the other side, we can do some ultrasound or a tight muscle, we can do ultrasound to help decrease that tightness before we do a lot of stretching. Um, but those are just a few of the modalities that we use and um, and what we use them for.
2: And and so because you you work in partnership with a, a veterinarian, um, you are also able to prescribe um, any kind of pain medication. Is that correct?
1: Absolutely. With having a vet um, as a part of the whole process, which is really you know to giving the the pet the best outcome, is we can work with prescribing medications and supplements and things that can help them. Um, And and we definitely do that. And there's a lot of um, things out there that can help, um, you know, even some things that may be helpful with nerve pain or the the phantom limb pain if they have it. So that's something that um, definitely is is a part of the whole rehab process for these guys. Ah,
2: Well, um, you know, I just want to get back real quick to um, phantom pain because um, I know that there aren't any uh, official you know, uh, declarations that, yes, dogs and cats do have phantom pain. Um, We do know of a a professor in Italy who has come out with a study about phantom limb pain in dogs, and I'm going to be publishing something about that soon. Um, He just got his study published. But in the meantime, our members do report that their animals have what appears to be phantom pain. The animal will be laying there and suddenly cry out and jump up and run around, maybe lick where their leg used to be. And it, it sounds very much like like phantom pain, um, so it's something we see a lot of in our community, and, and we have also seen many of our members benefit um, with acupuncture and and help it uh, how it uh, helped decrease those incidents. Um, that along with gabapentin seem to be the the go-to methods. Around yeah, and
1: that. even now starting with the use of CBD might be something that's mm-hmm. also going to be helpful in that um, area as well.
2: Yeah, that's a big topic in our community right now, and I think we could do a whole show dedicated to that. Um, I also want to ask you about um, the laser therapy real quick, because you touched on the the points that uh, some of us have heard and some of us haven't. Um, can laser therapy spread cancer cells? Can you elaborate on that just a little bit more for people?
1: You know, I don't know that they really know. And when we're going to use laser on an animal that has some form of cancer, we do give the owner the option, and we say, you know, we don't necessarily know, but part of um, laser therapy and one of the things that it does do is help improve blood flow to the area, and it therefore, there is the potential that it could spread. So we we want the owner to be aware and make the decision. Then the owner can say, you know what, I don't want to risk it, or, you know what, I, I want the dog to be comfortable, and if you think this is going to be beneficial for them, then let's go ahead. So, you know, it's, it's one of those things that you, I don't know that they really know or can say, yes, this spreads cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I think it's more about educating the owner and letting them make an, an informed decision about whether they want us to use it or not. So, I, I mean, if I have a dog that has lymphoma, I'm, I, you know, I'm certainly not going to do it over any lymph node areas, obviously.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you know, if the dog has, um, had had cancer, bone cancer in their jaw, and I'm treating their knee, I'm okay with that, but I'm not going to treat anywhere around their face. Okay, that
2: makes sense. Thank you for, for clearing that up because I've always wondered about that myself. Um, and oftentimes
1: these dogs, they have cancer. You don't even know they have cancer.
2: Oh, I know. They're amazing. They <laughs> they handle that so much better than humans. Way, yeah, for sure. Better. Yeah. Um, so let, let's talk about hydrotherapy. You mentioned that as as a service that you offer. Um Everybody thinks of of hydrotherapy when they think of rehab therapy. And a lot of people immediately jump to that. Um, They go find a a canine swim center and say, my dog's in rehab. And um, can you give us your insight on when hydrotherapy is helpful versus when it might not be so helpful? And I'd also like you to touch on the difference between hydrotherapy and letting your dog go for a swim in the ocean or something like that. Um, can Can you elaborate on those? There is.
1: So hydrotherapy is going to encompass one of two things. It's either going to be swimming or it's going to be um, an underwater treadmill. So underwater treadmill is basically a tank that they go into. It has a treadmill belt in it. The water fills up from the bottom, and the belt moves, and they walk. So it's like walking on a treadmill but in water. Swimming, obviously, any open body of water, a pool or whatever, and, and swimming. So I think that what needs to be clarified is, we didn't put a pool in here at Bark, um, but we do have an underwater treadmill. And the reason we didn't put in a pool is that swimming I find to be more beneficial for healthy dogs for conditioning. So you've got a, a agility lab that, you know, is in great health, and you just want them to lose some pounds, and you put them in the water and let them swim. That's great. The reason that we choose an underwater treadmill is that, Uh, Most of the dogs and the cats, when we put them in there too, which we have, their issues when they have an injury, no matter what it is or if it's even your tripod, what they're lacking usually is either hip or knee extension or elbow extension or shoulder extension. So they are not um, getting that when they swim. When they swim... They're getting all flexion, so their elbows are flexed, their knees are flexed, and their hips are flexed. That's how they swim. Um, and so that's that's fine, but that's not going to help them gain that extension range of motion that they may be lacking. So that's really why we choose hydrotherapy, and not to mention that we walk on land. We don't swim. So we're trying to mimic a normal activity that the dog or cat does, and mm-hmm. We, we, don't, we don't swim outside of a pool or an open body of water. We walk. So when we take a tripod and, and do hydrotherapy with them, which we do, one of the things that we're working on is trying to get them to not have to hop as much. The hopping during gait for a tripod puts a lot of strain on whatever remaining limb they're catching themselves on. So... The buoyancy of the water kind of helps them understand that this leg A, remaining leg, will hold them up, and it kind of can help them get into a more normal gait pattern, as well as it can help them get some improved extension range of motion in the joints that I mentioned. So we definitely use hydrotherapy for the tripods, um, you know, they, it also helps with their with their conditioning because, as we said earlier, they can't go on that two mile walk anymore. You know, they may not have the tolerance, and this can help them build up some strength and tolerance and endurance by starting off in the water, where the buoyancy is helping support where their uh, missing limb is. That
2: totally makes sense, and and I imagine that hydrotherapy would be really beneficial for a front legged tripod to try to um, get them back to a somewhat regular gait. Um, is that is that correct? Am I thinking the right way?
1: Absolutely. I mean, these dogs, when they're tripod, what happens is that they move that remaining limb more medial or meaning more to the center of their body because that's how they're going to balance. They can't really keep that limb, you know, straight in front of their um, same-side um, front or rear, whatever is missing. They, they have to bring it into the middle. So you'll see these dogs bring their front limb into the middle to try to balance because now they're like a tricycle, right? Or um, if it's a rear limb, they're going to do the same thing. They're going to bring that rear limb into the center to try to balance over that center of mass of, you know, their pelvis or in the front end, of their front. So, so they really, it's really helpful for them to be able to strengthen that without putting so much strain on it. These, the front limb tripods, what I see is they end up with a lot of carpal hyperextension or some breakdown in the carpal ligaments and, and tendons because they land on that front limb and all that pressure is taken and they get a lot of um, hyperextension. So, so we have to do a little work to try to keep them from you know, coming down on it so hard, and we use the treadmill to really help with that oh gosh i
2: I wish I had access to one every day for our our, our wyatt he's a, a rear legged one, and I know that his he has so little extension he almost bunny hops sometimes so every day we work on some some exercises that were prescribed at, at cSU for him um but uh when when is hydrotherapy uh when does it come into the the rehab therapy picture? Is it right at the beginning the middle is it when the dogs completely fit where How do you judge on when they're ready for that?
1: You know we don't put them in there if they're painful, so we try to get them uh, into a more um, comfortable state before we put them in the underwater treadmill. but um, and we also wait for the incision to heal so but other than that, we can get them in there pretty early as long as their incisions heal, then their pain is under control. okay, good to know now let's let's talk a little bit about that uh,
2: the carpal uh, joint breaking down and and all that stuff that's related to hopping around. Um, I was uh, approached by somebody who told me that Wyatt should be in a wheelchair. And <laughs> you should put a tripod in a wheelchair so that they take all the weight off their joints and that they'll be uh, much in much better shape that way. And I thought they were kind of reaching there. I didn't I didn't really know what to say. And so can you give us your insight on when a wheelchair is appropriate for a tripod and when it's not such a great idea?
1: Yeah, so I think wheelchairs are awesome for tripods when they're ready. You know, wheelchairs aren't going to always be ideal in someone's house. So, you know, the dog is still going to need to be able to be a tripod out of a wheelchair just to get around and function in their home and all that. There is such a thing as putting them in there too soon, and and I try to explain that to owners when they come in, regardless of why they are putting their dog in a cart. Um, You know, the dog comes in and the dog is still walking, and I say to the owner, I I wouldn't put this dog in a cart yet. This dog's not ready for a cart. That would be like me giving you a pair of crutches when you're perfectly walking fine and say, "Here, you have to use this." It's going to frustrate you, and it's frustrates it's frustrating to the dog because the dog doesn't think that the dog needs the wheelchair. And I'm going to be honest with people and say, "Look, you know, I'm certainly happy to have you know measure and order this wheelchair for your dog, but I don't think your dog is ready for it." Um, And so I think sometimes people um, order them too soon. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, I've seen people order them too late. Um, and they wait until the dog is really, really struggling, and then they put the dog in the chair. And so I, it's it's really about assessing the dog appropriately as to whether or not they're ready. If the dog is still, you know, getting around okay, can get up from the floor okay, um, you know, is is still able to go on, you know, potty walks and things like that, and is happy, I, I, those are not dogs that are ready for a wheelchair. Uh, I think ones that are ready for the wheelchair are dogs that are, you know, getting older and having maybe some other medical issues or, in general, some arthritis in the remaining limbs, having a harder time getting around. And you put those dogs in a wheelchair and their whole demeanor changes and they're happy again because they can go out for not just a walk but a long walk. And, you mm-hmm. know, so it's every dog is going to be have to be assessed and, and different. I can't say there's this cookbook for – you know, at, you know, three months after an amputation, you put the dog in the wheelchair. There is no such thing like that. And and that's
2: where it comes in so handy to have an established relationship with a, a clinic like yours. Um, even if you you don't go for, you know, a year after your original visits with your tripod, as long as you have a person that you can contact and say, hey, what do you think? Is my dog ready or not? It's it's so helpful to have another set of eyes and an expert set of eyes assessing their needs. So so thank you for that. that And
1: and on the topic of wheelchairs, you know the the wheelchairs the the hardest part that is with these tripods in a wheelchair is that they have to learn that in the wheelchair they don't have to hop anymore. They can walk because their Mm. pelvis or their chest is supported. Um, and that's what's really hard. So it takes a little bit of work in order to actually get a tripod to use a wheelchair correctly and actually step versus hop. So that's a that's that's a training thing, and it takes a little bit of time to get them to use the wheelchair correctly. So, but it's totally possible. And some of these um, wheelchair manufacturers will make what's called a, a counterbalance. And so you have to think about the fact that they're, they weigh a lot less on the side where they are missing the limb. So, you know, some companies will actually put a weight on that side on the carriage of the of the wheelchair in order to compensate for them not having that, so they're let, less of risk of tipping over, say. So having the right kind of cart and having it made correctly and having it counterbalanced and all that for the tripods is really key.
2: It is. It is. And we see a lot of these really cute homemade carts out there <laughs> that, um, that tend to worry us. Um, I, don't, I don't know. Have you seen animals become injured by using somebody's DIY cart that they found plans for on YouTube?
1: yeah I've seen a few of those and and I applaud their efforts, and I get it a wheelchairs are not cheap um mm-hmm. and so I think that's great but i I do want people to understand the risk of putting your pet in in something that's not very stable that you know may put them at risk for injury just because of it not being um stable enough and supportive enough in the right areas um and the risk of tipping over,
2: yeah, yeah, definitely. One more question about wheelchairs. Um, What are the implications of using a a cart too soon? So say somebody doesn't have a a great person like you that they can work with, and they go out and they buy an off-the-shelf wheelchair for their new tripod. Um, What
1: what kind of things do you
2: see that can possibly go wrong there?
1: Well, wheelchairs... I prefer wheelchairs that are custom made for each pet, especially if it's a wheelchair um, that the dog is going to, or cat is going to use for a long period of time. If this is something that they're going to need for another two, three, four, five, ten years, it has to be fit correctly because if not. You know, it, it sometimes and and it's funny because I I'm, I comment on you know Instagram posts and Facebook posts of all these, and I tell people, you know what, you need to move that yoke back a little bit. It's it's putting too much pressure on their cervical spine, and it needs to be resting on their shoulder blades. And so, you know, mm-hmm. people are just getting this and putting it in, putting their dog in it, and it's not fitting them correctly. So they're putting too much pressure on their neck, or it's adding more pressure to the remaining front limb instead of less. And so there's all kinds Kinds of things that um, put that dog at or cat at risk if they're not fitted correctly in this chair. So you know, even if somebody can't come to rehab, if they're thinking about getting a chair, I, I would suggest they find somebody. And I've even done you know video phone conferences with people about what's the right chair and is this correct and all that. And it's just important because I don't want I don't want their pet to get hurt.
2: Oh man you you have you have It's such a busy schedule, and yet yet you're taking time to educate people this way. That is so sweet of you. Um, You know, and and that leads me to my last question, because, of course, we're going to run over a minute or two. But um, I I wish that that all our members had someone like you that they could work with. But many people don't. We have people in, in some very remote areas. We have people in other countries that have never heard of rehab therapy. Do you have any quick tips for these members who want to help their tripods stay strong and fit at home? Um, is there, like, a, a good exercise uh, for three-legged animals that they can do, or, or is a DIY approach even possible?
1: Well, it's certainly possible, and, and you know, if if people have access to a rehab facility, even if they can't afford to go often or they live too far away, if they can just get in there once. I know the majority of places like this, during that first visit, they learn so much about their pet and things they can do, including a home exercise program, which we give every owner at their very first visit because what they do makes a huge difference in how you know the animal um, you know, recovers and functions when they become a tripod. So they definitely can get that information from the first visit. Obviously, your site is fabulous for that, and and the videos that we did before with uh, my Lucy. Um, there's a lot of good stuff on there as well that show you know talking about core exercises and some of the exercises that we sh- we showed with uh, with Lucy are exact mm-hmm. kind of things that are important to do. So. So for people that, you know, don't have anything available near them, your site is a fabulous resource for them. So, you know, getting that out there and and if people call and they ask me and they don't they can't come and they're calling me from, you know, somewhere far away, you know, I refer them to you guys and say, "Hey, there's a lot of great information if you can't come in on, you know, on this tripod site." So, so that's that's awesome that you guys have been doing this and and it just I'm sure has helped so many tripods out there. So, so thank you guys for what you do wow. as well. I think it's um it makes it it makes it more feasible for people to, to have a, a, a three legged animal.
2: Oh, thank you so much. That you are just so sweet. I can't wait to see your new facility. We will be there someday and we will do all new videos with you again because those we still use those videos. They're so helpful. So so thank you so much for your time today, Doctor
1: Kramer. Absolutely, and thank you.
0: Thank you so much for your time, Dr. Kramer. It's wonderful speaking with you again. We encourage all listeners to learn more about your work at beachanimalrehab.com. And don't miss our video interviews with Dr. Kramer at downloads.tripods.com. Until next time, join the discussion about life on three legs at tripods.com. next time on tripod talk radio learn more about canine amputation recovery and find the best gear for three-legged dogs at tripods.com thank you for tuning in subscribe to tripod talk radio for more pet amputation tips from experts and claim your free gift just for listeners at downloads.tripods.com podcast